Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Jessica Petrus Aird is a dual certified pediatric sleep consultant and postpartum doula. She owns Burgeoning Bud Postpartum, where she helps families eat, sleep, and be well in the postpartum period and beyond. A mother of three children, five and under herself, she currently walks the path of raising young children along with her clients and is known for her empathetic, insightful, and practical support. With her background in education, she meets families where they are by giving them realistic and action-oriented steps to work on whatever challenges they are facing. Jessica is also a classically trained soprano and spent years traveling as a soloist and ensemble musician around the country and internationally. Today, she draws on her backgrounds in music and education as she finds her voice helping families in creative and lasting ways. What a beautiful bio. Jessica, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you, Jane. I'm so excited to be here. This is very exciting. (laughs) So before we get started, please share a little bit about your journey to becoming a sleep consultant. Why was this the next step in in your journey and for your business? Sure. Um, So like you know, is in my bio, I have three children. And um, I would say that by far, our third postpartum was the most successful. Um, And that was because we planned for the support that we needed, we knew what we needed. And we thought about that very planfully and mindfully while we were still pregnant. Um, and then we also weren't afraid to ask for support and get support and hire support. Um, and that was in the form of eventually having a sleep consultant, um, for our youngest, who is now by far my best sleeper. (laughs) Um, and I think it just, it was like, we had been through so many struggles with the first two that it was like a light bulb went off where it was like, I really have to do this work. I really feel like we understood what we, how much time we needed to prepare um, before our baby arrived and how much space we needed to give ourselves to just imagine life with this next person in our life and how this was going to change, fundamentally change our family from a four to a five unit. Um, and I just got really excited about finally diving into work as a postpartum doula and, um, went on to get my certification through that. And it was through that process that I also realized that, you know, I'm really passionate about helping families eating well. I do a lot of cooking for them, sleeping well and being well. And the sleep part is really going to be best, um, supported if I have more specialized knowledge in that field, just like that sleep consultant that I had hired um, gave me so many gifts. I wanted to be able to provide those insights and those gifts to whomever I was serving, whether it was just a postpartum client um, in-house or working with them as sleep consultant clients. 
Did you have a good experience with the sleep consultant you hired? It sounds like you did, but wanted to ask that more pointed. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And she, um, it's funny because I'll I'll talk about this a little bit later, probably too, but um, I was pretty not into sleep training. In fact, I did not sleep train my first two at all. Um, and had, you know, a lot of the things that now I, I see on, on the other side of being a sleep consultant, the, the sort of, you know, shame or feeling like I should have been able to figure this out on my own. Um, this shouldn't be that hard. Why do I need to hire somebody for this? Um, and so I reluctantly hired her. You know, I think I was like, oh, I don't know if we really need this. I'm a third time mom. I should figure this out. Um, but you know what? She made no assumptions about us. Um, I did. I told her I did not want any crying. <laughs> um, and it, she made it work with Chair Method. And um, we we got him sleeping very well within that first four or five days. So, you know, um, I'm eternally grateful to her and eternally grateful to the to the field, to knowing that this is, you know, there's validity to this work. And I really stand by that. Yeah, what you just said, it it really resonates with me, because I hear this so often from prospective clients, I get on the phone with mostly moms, but sometimes dads, who are so reluctant to seek this type of support, they feel that Uh, if they have to hire a sleep consultant, they are failing as parents that they should be able to figure this out on their own. And Mm -hmm. that like, what is wrong with them that they are in this position to need this type of help. And I just think that that is such a shame. And I'm working so hard to undo that narrative, because I truly believe that when our children are struggling, whether it be with sleep or anything else, you know, when it's in the anything else category, we race to get them the support that they need, right? For children that are struggling with feeding, we hire a lactation consultant or a feeding specialist for a child that's a little bit older. If they're not meeting their physical milestones, perhaps they're in physical therapy or occupational therapy. If they're not speaking, we hire a speech therapist, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we're so quick to get our kids the help they need when they are struggling in any other category. And then for whatever reason, when it comes to sleep, most moms, I think, feel that they need to be on their sort of like last breath before they seek this type of help. And yeah. and I am working very hard to change that. And I do believe that as sleep consulting becomes more sort of mainstream and, and more sleep consultants enter the field, it will become, the support will become more normalized. That's at least my hope. That's my hope too. And and also for just postpartum at large. Um, and I, I think about how my firstborn was in 2017, um, and the conversation of postpartum then was so much less than it is now in 2022. So I feel like we're making big splashes in in the field, in the world of you know postpartum at large. And I'm, I guess, I just knew I needed to be a part of that because having gone through it three times in the last five years, like you really feel how much you need and how much um, you don't just none of it's granted like you have to you have to look for it you have to search for it and you have to be committed to saying i don't need to do this by myself i i it's okay if i need help there's nothing wrong with me yeah i think that's exactly right i so so 
I, I want to talk about, so I love that the theme of today's conversation is going to be all about finding your voice. Uh, I think this is really interesting because you sing, right? Yeah. And, and it just makes this whole conversation feel so much more deep and meaningful. And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I'm sort of guessing that your voice as a singer comes somewhat naturally to you. But I'm wondering if that has been the same with finding your voice as a sleep consultant, or if that voice uh, needed to be found, or maybe it's still being found. Can you speak to that? Yeah, sure. Well, so um, it's true that, you know, a lot of us that go on to sing professionally, like we, 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 we must have had some raw talent, right? Um, and then you spend your career, you know, in the steeped in the technique, um, making sure that you're learning specific mechanics um, to keep your voice healthy and to be consistent. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a little bit of raw talent and then a lot of, um, you know, practice and uh, dedication. And I kind of find that I apply this same idea <laughs> to my to my work here in my business. Like I, I have the voice that is me um, and I, I know enough about myself over the years that I, I can't not be myself. Um, so I have to lead this business with my own story, with my own um, personal anecdotes. Not that they are, you know, the only way I'm going to view things, but I'm, I, I definitely bring them to the table, especially since I had three very different experiences um, in my, in my postpartums. Um, and then, you know, the, the sort of training piece of that is, um, literally going and getting trained, uh, in professional sense as a doula and as the sleep consultant, and then also some marketing and some strategy and some, you know, things like that. But, but making sure that at the end of the day, it's not those other certifications and trainings that I lead with. It's me, it's still me. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, I always try to show up in my in my marketing, for example, with my whether I'm on Instagram or Facebook, um, that I show up first as a peer to people. You know, I like I might I'm not going to show up only as an expert. I'm I'm first going to show up as your peer and who just might have a little bit more knowledge in some of these things. For me, so much of my voice as a sleep consultant comes from my own personal story, which I think you touched on just now yourself as being the same. And when I tell my story for how I got into this business, it helps me to connect with my prospective clients on what I think is a pretty deep level. I think that sharing my story helps them to realize that number one, they're not alone, right? Because I've been through it and and they've been through it, they're going through it. And and perhaps more importantly, that my, my journey for how I got into this line of work caused me to do a lot of research and learning and that created the expert that I am today, right? And that builds uh, trust and confidence in the work that I'm doing. Um, How did you build such a strong identity within your business? Is this something that you're still refining or do you feel like you have it down? I mean, I I do exactly what you do. I I tell my story too. I mean, I, I, I tell people like, you know, look, I I had three very different babies. I let them know that I didn't sleep train my first two um, and that I, what little I knew about sleep training at that point uh, didn't sit well with me because I thought it was only cry it out and I didn't explore it further. Um, I let them know that my children today, even though they are all 
you know, good sleepers in their own way. They all have their off nights. And sometimes those nights go on for more than a couple. And, you know, they're not perfect little sleepers just because I'm a sleep consultant. Um, but that the knowledge that I have with my work and sleep, I know how to kind of get to the source of the problem fast. And I know how to spring into a plan of action and I know how to get it back on track. So there's not this panic or fear that, oh gosh, this is a new habit and I don't, I don't have a way to manage it. I always, I always know how to manage things. So there's that peace of mind um, that I can, that I can, you know, show my clients that this is really, it's okay. You don't have to have perfection. It's just about how do we, how do we manage these things? Um, I think yeah. without even realizing it, you're showing up with a certain level of confidence, um, which, you know, I guess that is your voice, right? Because you own that and that is you. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know that everybody has that, you know, I'm actually, mm -hmm. I'm actually working with some sleep consultants right now, sort of off to the side who are struggling to find their confidence. And I don't know, I'm just thinking about I'm listening to the way that you're talking and, and you have this you have this aura about you, like, like, I may not, I may not have a perfect situation in my home, but I understand how this all works. And I know how to get out there and talk to people. And I don't know, I don't know that that comes naturally to everybody. Would you agree? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it's, um, I mean, I'm thinking about like, how in my world is in my life as a singer, you know, like, it was always about sort of projecting um calmness and collectiveness on stage even if you were a ball of nerves and so maybe I've had a ton of practice at that like I I don't get worried when I have butterflies in my stomach um that's one thing that we really work on as performers is like you want those nerves like you don't you know they don't have to let you fold like work with them lean into them um and so maybe maybe just years of having to literally put myself on stage gave me that feeling of like, you know, trust what you're saying, what you what you're saying has merit, and it might not be what somebody else is saying. And you know, your experience might not be what somebody else has had, but it doesn't invalidate putting it out there. I think that that is so valuable. I'm so glad that you spoke about the butterflies in your stomach, because I talk to women all the time, I guess not largely women all the time about entrepreneurship and taking a leap in business, whether it be sleep consulting or anything else. And I talk all the time about those butterflies in your stomach and, and how some people, when they have those butterflies in their stomach, it's completely paralyzing. And they're just like, Oh, I can't do this. It's horrible. I don't want to feel this. I just want this to go away. Like, get it out of here, right? And then other people, when they feel those butterflies in their stomach, it propels them to like, do something awesome. They're like, I sense that nervous feeling. This feels like it's going to be a big deal. I'm going to get after it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, totally. and I think that, you know, there might just be two different types of people. There might be the people that that are totally paralyzed by the fear of something new. And then there are people who take that fear and just say, well, damn it, I'm going for, you know, like, let's, yeah. let's see what happens. And, and I love that you've sort of pointed that out. And it sounds like a lot of you finding your voice or not even finding it, but just like having your voice comes from a place where your own nerves don't stop you in your tracks. And I think that that's something, you know, for those that are listening that are either contemplating starting their own business, or perhaps they already have started their own business, but they're feeling a little stuck. 
Um, I think it's really important to recognize that like all of us feel those butterflies at one point or another, like we all have them. And then you get to decide whether or not they're going to paralyze you or propel you into something awesome. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I certainly don't have this figured out. I mean, like I, I, like everybody else here, I'm, I'm really every day is sort of like, what's the next move I want to do? Or, you know, or it's a lot of like, let's, roll the dice and try this and oh that didn't work so well I'm gonna try something else right but but it's um like you said you just kind of have to try and when I feel that way in my in my body if I feel uncomfortable like you know as a singer I go back to the basic of just breathe (laughs) just breathe deeply like you know like you have your support with you you have you're not going to you're not going to fail by trying um really you're just going to learn a lot and that's that's kind of what propels me forward every day on this. So offline, when you and I were chatting, you described yourself as an introvert. And I'm not 100% confident that that's accurate. But <laughs> but I also like, on the other hand, I also understand why you identify as an introvert, even if you're not like entirely introverted. I, I see why you say that about yourself. So I guess I, I guess I want to ask you, um, if you feel that you connect best with others that are more on the introverted end of the spectrum? And if so, how are you finding these families that feel similar to you in that respect? Yeah, I mean, it's true that I don't think of myself as a 100% introvert. I never have, but I think I lead more with that. I I, I get kind of overwhelmed with um, being in like big crowds. And on even from a social media perspective, um, I don't, I don't like to kind of be out like this. Like I, I kind of, <laughs> I'd rather sort of find a quiet ish, a quiet comment to sort of bring people in. Um, and that's how I was often as a singer too, actually. I wasn't like the big voice that would get on the opera stage and sing to 5,000 people. I really liked the chamber music. I liked the smaller, the smaller groups of music, the more intimate settings. Um, and so uh, I think... When, when I guess I say introversion, maybe it is introversion, maybe it's not. I think really what it just comes down to is, is connection and, you know, knowing how to, to have a, an authentic one-on-one conversation with somebody and knowing how to present yourself as approachable in that way, if, even if you're, um, you know, in your public marketing. And again, that comes back to, um, I, get, I get more engagement in DMs when I talk about my own struggles or my own family's, you know, challenges, whether they're the present or the past. Um, and that there's just something about that, that, you know, somebody might say, oh yeah, that I feel that I feel that. And I, I don't know her, but I have this feeling that if I wrote her, she wouldn't dismiss, um, me writing her or dismiss my question. Um, and so I think that I, I really try to I don't, I guess it's, it's just kind of who I am. I mean, I think my friends also know this about me. I have friends that are constantly texting me asking for, what do you think? I I'm stuck. I, you know, need, need a confidant, need somebody to kind of help them work through the difficult question. And I love wrestling through difficult questions. So, um, I do that on a personal level already. And I guess I'm trying to find the, the ways to get people who don't know me to see that, you know, that's who I am. Um, and I hope you feel you can trust me if you want to write to me or if you want to eventually work with me. Yeah. I love that what you're sort of, what I think you're suggesting is that you're attracting people to you based on your personal experiences and your value and your messaging rather than like, 
here come buy from me, right? So, so yeah. it's not it's not just like, hi, I'm Jessica, I'm a sleep consultant. Here's here's what I can do for you. It's like, here's my story. Here's what I've been through. I feel like you're going through something similar. Let's let's have a conversation about this and see where it lands. You yeah, know? definitely. I don't I don't get to the selling part of a conversation really until I I feel it out. Like I it's I certainly like if somebody comes to my 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 new Facebook group. If somebody comes to my group, I'll I'll certainly you know welcome them on a public message and then I'll write to them individually. Um, and I don't lead with any like go to web my website and check out my packages. I I literally just ask them how how are you feeling? How is your sleep going with your child? Do you have any questions? Like, you know, I literally just want to listen to or read what they have to say. Um, I'm I'm not going to hit them with anything yet because they might not need anything from me, you know, or they might, and it just needs a little bit of time. But um, that's, I guess, my strategy is really just kind of providing the space initiating the conversation with a question, an open-ended question, um, and see what they say. If they, if they take the bait and they want to write me, then I know something's up, you know, and maybe that will lead to a transaction or maybe it, maybe it won't, but maybe it'll lead to a great connection and they'll tell their friends about me or something like that. You know, like everything is for something. Yeah. uh, Well, I completely agree with that. I say that all the time. I get onto phone calls with people on the regular who, are interested in my support, you know, maybe they have a child that's struggling with sleep, and they get on a call with me, and they learn all about how I would support them. And they don't hire me. And then I learn a week later, a month later, a year later, they referred me to their friends, you know, Um, that happens all the time. And I think that when you approach uh, each conversation with just like, I'm here to listen to you, I'm here to support you, and I'm here to serve you if that's what you're looking for, then like people are so much more open to receiving help, you know? And and it's not just like people are so much open to buying your services. They're open to receiving help, you know? Because I think that's really what we're up against here is like, it's not like, are people gonna buy or not gonna buy? It's like, are they willing to admit that it's okay for them to say that they could use some help and support? right? I think that's really what it's a lot of it is about. It's, it's not like, do they want to spend the money? Or do they not want to spend the money? It's like, do they want to say to an expert that they really need professional guidance and support? And for a lot of parents, that's really, really hard for them to, to admit that they would benefit from that type of service. Yeah, no, it's so true. I, um, I had a mom recently tell me that she she, it was like a confession. She said, like, I, I want to be all mama natural. Um, and I'm struggling with realizing that I need some help. And, and I said, you know, I, I just want to say that it's absolutely your mom intuition saying I need the help. And this is beyond my scope of understanding. And that's what any good parent does when they recognize that they just need more resources that are beyond their knowledge. Yeah. Um, How are you going about creating sort of like a personal network of referrals? Are you doing that? Besides just speaking with parents who are struggling with sleep or or who need postpartum support, Mm -hmm. are you working towards creating a network of professionals that are hopefully going to uh, refer families your way? 
Yeah. So that is really the one of the benefits of my of my new Facebook group. Um, I my group is um, sleep well, eat well, be well, postpartum versioning bud postpartum. Um, and I, I really wanted it to be a connect, a place for perinatal professionals and parents to get online with each other. Um, and to, you know, for the professionals, if they want to identify themselves as the professionals, um, and most of them do, I usually seek them out individually and say like, Hey, I really, I, I know a little bit about them. Either I've worked with them already. And, and we're talking well beyond sleep consulting and postpartum, we're talking pelvic floor, a couple of um, LACSWs. Um, I have an internal medicine doctor who is who's just joined. I've got an IBCLC, um, a nutritionist, and I and I just say like I want your voice in this group. I want parents who join this group to know that you're here. If you've got events, if you've got workshops, if you want to post um, questions. Um, and, and start your own conversations, like make make yourself known in this group, um, because this is this is an opportunity for people who are joining this group, even if they're not going to work with them, just knowing that, oh, there's an IBC LC in this group, I could I could always have an off conversation with Sarah um, about, you know, something and maybe it'll lead to that. Um, and of course, the more that I'm strengthening my network of perinatal professionals, um, the more those ref those referrals will cross reference will send each other clients um so that's that's really one of the um, first immediate benefits for people that join my group is that they are they are getting more than just um me it's it's really everybody right now who i know um who is also a a perinatal professional who wants to be a voice in that in that space and have you felt more comfortable showing up with your voice in that community that's yours. One thing that I've noticed is that when I have my own space that's mine, uh, where people have joined my community and they've already said like, yes, I want to hear what Jane has to say and they join my community, I feel like so much more comfortable communicating in that arena because people have already sort of given me permission to do so by joining my community. Do you feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, I'm, I'm more comfortable sharing, you know, maybe vulnerable posts about, you know, maybe what is going on currently. My daughter was struggling a few, a couple weeks ago for at three and she was waking up a lot in the middle of the night. And, and I say it, you know, with the intent of, you know, these are, I'm not, she's not a perfect sleeper. I'm not either, but here's how I'm navigating that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, I'm also a postpartum doula. So there, there are other conversations that I bring to the table, not just sleep, although sleep is a big conversation that I usually tend to lead with. Um, you know, and I try to also create a space where people can write in and share their differing perspectives. I mean, I say right from the beginning, like my one rule is just be kind, um, you know, we can, we can hold two different thoughts in our mind. Um, this isn't going to be a place for people to shame. It's really just going to be a place for people to see a sampling of the many different ways we parent and make, you know, certain decisions like sleep. I love that. I think that that type of culture, especially on the internet is so needed, right? Yeah. Because there yeah. is so much nastiness in the Facebook groups and just like on the internet in general, mom to mom. 
and and it yeah. drives me insane. So I love that you're sort of leading with that, that there are all sorts of different ways to parent and there are all different ways to manage sleep and feeding and whatever it may be, but like, let's be kind to one another and we can yeah. have differences of opinions and still uh, coexist in the same environment, whether that be a Facebook group or hopefully it it sort of translates to real life as well, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say is, is there something that you're sort of most proud of in your journey? I guess I want to ask you specifically as a sleep consultant, not just as a postpartum doula, but is there something mm-hmm. that you're most proud of uh, in your sleep consulting business or on this journey that you've been on so far? I think the fact that um, I'm really showing up as myself in this work. Um, that feels really rewarding to me. Um, and again, it's when you have your own business, you get to do that if you if that's important to you. And, you know, for some that may not be that important. For me, it's really important um, having that strong identity in my work. Um, I can't not do it. And I love knowing that um, I don't have to be anybody else in this field. Um, I don't have to be any better than anybody else. I, there's, it's really just me comparing myself to myself um, because nobody else is me. And uh, so I love that I get to do that. And and that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And, and I'm, I think it's hopefully it's clear in, in this interview that I'm, I'm definitely not perfect and may have lots of parenting flubs myself. But it's just about having that... Um, transparency and and being real with people and I really I think I'm proud to feel like the work that I do allows me to have that vulnerability I think that that's so smart that that's your approach and to me it seems obvious because it's my approach too I show up as authentically as possible there's nobody in the field of sleep consulting that I'm trying to be other than myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not hanging out on somebody else's Instagram, listening to what they're saying to get ideas for what to say, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that just is not productive at all. And I'm always telling uh, everybody inside of our CPSM community that really the way that you thrive is when you show up as you and when you create a program that is for your audience and that serves you you know we get onto the i get onto calls when students graduate from the program i'll do a zoom with them and they'll say like you know how should i set up my packages i see you've done x y and z it's Mm -hmm. like well who cares what i've done right like who cares what i've done you know um i i spend two weeks with people and i notice that's what a lot of a lot of CPSM grads and other sleep consultants do. That doesn't mean that you need to do two weeks with anybody, right? Like you could Mm -hmm. do a month with your families. You could do one week. I actually, someone inside of our CPSM community actually reached out to me not too long ago to say like, hey, do you think it's weird if I just do one week? Because I'm really like, we have nothing going on in the second week. Like I'm knocking it out in a week. And it just seems crazy to have to check in with them for seven more days when like we're already... The issue is largely resolved. It just feels excessive. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, like do a week. Congrats. You do you, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's so important to figure out, uh, you know, the beauty of getting into a consulting business is that you get to do it your way. And you get to set your own pricing. You get to set your own hours. You get to set the way that you support families. You get to set communication 
it's all on your terms, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you're so worried about doing what everybody else is doing, because this seems like the way it works, you know, if it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work. Right. And, and I've had to change the way that I run my business several times because, you know, as I got busier, what I was doing stopped working for me, right? Like I used to, in the very beginning when I was supporting families, I would offer like unlimited sleep, uh, unlimited phone calls. You know, if you wanted to talk every day, we could talk every day. As long as it was scheduled, I didn't care. Well, now I'm busy. I can't talk to you every day. It just doesn't work that way, right? So I cannot get on a 30 minute phone call with every single one of my clients every single day of the week. That's just not sustainable anymore, right? So that wasn't working for me. So I had to change it. And, And I love that you've realized fairly early on on this journey for yourself that like when you show up in a way that works for you that ultimately leads to you showing up in the best possible way for the families you're supporting i think yeah. that that it's so it, true it's true the more the more i know i can be truly myself the easier it is to sell there is no such thing as selling really it's really just having conversations and speaking genuinely for you know on the benefits that maybe they would get if they work with me but that's to me that doesn't doesn't feel like hustling and selling it's just literally having a conversation um and so then that process becomes enjoyable and you know and it becomes profitable which is what also a great benefit yeah i think when you get into this cycle of feeling desperate for a sale it is like Mm -hmm. the least enjoyable thing in the entire world right it is like so miserable when you're in that cycle of just trying to like land your next piece of business it just feels icky. And instead, when you just focus on getting out there and having genuine conversations with people, and in those conversations, you're articulating the value of what the work that you do, you know, it it just feels so much more pleasant, and enjoyable. And and frankly, I think rewarding too, because you're showing up without any sort of intention other than like, I'm here to help you if you want help, you know, and that's Mm it. Mm -hmm. And And if you're not ready for help, that's totally okay too. And I think showing up that way also lets the person who's receiving your knowledge um, have their guard down. And so they really get more out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What are your goals for 2023? Uh, Do you have any big or small ones to share? I just want to keep having, you know, the, the, be doing this work, Um, you know, continuing to have my voice feel like it's getting stronger in the larger conversation of postpartum and of course sleep um you know however that looks like i i'm still really excited about supporting families one-on-one um perhaps there's more material i will create more in the future um but i think right now my focus is really just continuing to strengthen my voice and get it out there love it where can everybody find you if they would like to learn more about your programs or perhaps follow you on social media? What do you want to share? Sure. Um, so at burgeoning bud postpartum is my Instagram handle and also Facebook page. Um, my Facebook group is sleep well, eat well, be well, colon burgeoning bud postpartum. And my website is www.burgeoningbud.com. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing. It was awesome having this conversation with you today. And I can't wait to see all that you do and create in 2023 and beyond. Thank you so much, Jane. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.